earlier this month I was reading an account of a preacher and it was in respect to the cares of a husband and wife because the wife had telephoned the pastor and said come home immediately there's a need he didn't know the need at that time but he arrived home after a trip across the country and it was news that his daughter had been out at work and after work his daughter Nicole was walking home from work and on the way home a drunken unlicensed driver had collided with her and pushed her against the wall there was pelvic damage multiple bones broken internal bleeding she was in ICU and for the next four years it was a time of travail for that pastor and his wife and of course for the daughter and suddenly with the phone call um, the level of care for a loved ones increases as a consequence of a phone call that alerted one to that need and of course the need happened following that um, accident and the injury that was caused but due to the weight of cares it can lead to despair and even additional thoughts that I can't live any longer and I've had people express to me um, my cares my burdens my stress my strain is just so much that I can't go on anymore and it's an alarming men especially can bottle it up but yet I fear that it's broader than that that it's a that today's message is about casting our cares casting our care upon the Lord for he careth for you today we'll look at the anxieties cares in life the action to be taken which is casting and that attitude of humility which is a necessity and the assurance of the Savior's love but anxiety is cares in life in first Peter chapter 5 verse 7 and as I shared at the table thought it's casting all your care upon him for he careth for you and that first word care is the word that has the idea of anxious care or the idea of distraction or that which will cause a distraction or pull in a different direction it's like getting a garment and pulling that garment in different directions it's a something that can be paralyzing because it generates that anxiety because it is a care it's a burden and what do we do with that anxiety that arises as a consequence of that care and the Greek word has that thought of anxiety that has generated within that word that because of that the paralysis that can come because of that idea of distraction and being pulled apart in different directions in the book of first Peter suffering is a reality the constant threat of persecution was the major issue but I still remember here in this pulpit maybe I don't know 15 20 years ago dr. John Vaughan preaching from first Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 just going back one chapter that beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you the the Apostle Peter was preparing the believers that 
the, about the suffering that was happening and there was Nero, it was Rome, it was the Roman rule, the occupation, the, 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 the stress and the pressure that was upon those believers and the suffering that was occurring. And 15, 16 times suffering is spoken about in First Peter, half of them concerning to the sufferings of Christ but the other half concerning the sufferings of these believers in the New Testament church. Chapter 5, verse 10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And as in that context of a um, persecuted church, that the Apostle Paul is saying, cast your cares upon the Lord. And there would have been those cares for health, physical well-being, life, family, employment, house, livelihood, relationships, family. It would have been just broad the impact of cares that these believers would have had. Today, in today's world, not that same level of persecution, but yet we know that philosophically there are many issues out there happening at the moment and in our workplace or wherever we might be or neighbourhood, we make a stand and there's that level of persecution that can come. But still in that general domain, there's still the cares that arise, whether it's life or health or parents or children or grandchildren, future livelihood, accepting change, the freight of the dark. There can be many issues that come that generate a care and the answer from God in this whole point is casting all that care. It's interesting that the scholars all acknowledge that there's a... <laughs> acknowledge, admit, acknowledge the admission that there's... It's not the casting all your care upon the Lord. So God not saying that cares don't exist. He's saying cast all those anxious distractions, things that are pulling you apart. They are there present in this church in First Peter. Cast them upon the Lord. And it's not saying run from them or hide them or they don't exist. They, they are there. There are those cares or things that might generate there are three other passages that talk about this same care and we'll just spend a moment just looking at them because it's part of that understanding of that word care, casting all your care upon the Lord. But in Mark chapter 6 verse 25, sorry, Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. In Matthew chapter 26 verse 25 would read, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what shall ye put on? Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? And that word thought is this same word care or anxiety. It's saying, take no anxiety or anxious care for these things. And this whole portion is about trusting God. Those needs are there. They are necessities. They are things that are to be provided, what we may eat, what we may drink, what we may wear. 
housing, whatever. It's coming back to that domain, but yet it's saying don't allow that to boil up to a point of anxiety or stress and strain within your life. The, the same thought is repeated in verses 30, 31. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of those. That's verse 29. But 30, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What we shall eat, or what we shall drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So God is saying, don't allow these points, these necessities, to become an anxious area of your life that it builds up to a point that it becomes so um, stressful and strainful in your very being if we could please turn to a similar passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 using that same word care but 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and I'll begin reading from verse 32 to verse 35 for you to gain the context, it's the Apostle Paul presenting um, a benefit that is there to be single. And in this benefit that the Apostle Paul is giving in the context of marriage, he's saying there's a benefit to being single because you have the care then for the needs of the Lord, but if you're married, you're going to have the care for the needs of a wife and for children, and so you're whole range and your level of cares is going to increase in magnitude and so he's sharing that benefit of being single. Verse 32, but I would have you without carefulness. So Paul wants them without that anxious care. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak to your prophet, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. So the single one can be devoted to the Lord without distraction and have that care for the things of the Lord to please the Lord, but the married one has to please the partner, the husband, the wife and the children. So that whole level of care is so much greater for the one who is married. And I feel for dads and mums because their level of care is so much greater when you look at the magnitude of that reality of that whole um, aspect of prayer. The third reference is 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 
And this same word is used again, that which divides or distracts or pulls apart. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. Beside all those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. That's that same word, the anxious care of all the churches. The Apostle Paul is saying to believers here at Corinth, look, I've been through weariness, painfulness, watchings, hunger, thirst, cold, I've been in perils of the heathen. I've been in perils by my own countrymen. I've been in perils in the city. I've been in perils in the wilderness and in the sea. And he lists all the things that he's been through, the Apostle Paul, in his journey and ministry through life. And then he says in verse 28, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And I think of G.S. Nyer. I think of Dr. Timothy Nyer now, who's shouldering a lot more of the responsibility there of the work in India, the, the care of the churches, the needs. That there's a reality, there's a mission that cares do exist, and they are cares that generate that anxiety and that level and they can be heart-wrenching that can bear down and even someone who takes on a church responsibility maybe not even be a pastor or a leader like Paul but someone who takes a responsibility they're increasing by God's grace their level of care for others and whether it's the deacon or the Sunday school leader or whoever it might be or the Sunday school teacher or the youth leader or you, you fulfil a ministry and you say, I have that level and, and if I have a care that's generated through that, where, where do I proceed and what do I do accordingly? Um, the action to be taken is casting all your care upon him, upon the Lord. The casting is found twice in the New Testament and the key one, well, it's only found twice. <laughs> it's here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting. And I once thought it was like, I'm not a fisherman. I'm not a fisherman. But I go with my father-in-law and we go to the beach and he would cast that line, that sinker, out into the ocean and I'd say, wow, and he'd catch the fish. I try and hurl it, and sure, I don't have a bowler's arm. I don't have a, an outfielder's arm. But when, when somebody can hurl, cast, chuck, <laughs> but, but you're doing that, you're hurling it, you're casting it a great distance, but it's not that context. It's, it's casting, it's hurling, but it was a, a, upon something. And the other reference where it's used is um, in Luke chapter 19, verse 35. And it's a very practical area where the disciples, they're coming into Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus is coming in prior to his death. He's coming in and he's going to be riding on 
a colt and the disciples were told to go and get the colt. And when the colt was sourced and brought for Jesus to ride upon, we read in Luke chapter 19, verse 35, and they brought him, that's the colt, to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon. So their garments were cast upon the colt. They were thrust, they were placed, they were cast upon the, the colt. It was upon something and it's not just something that's out there in an ocean. Sure, you can try and just dispel it or hide it or say I'll throw it away I'll pick up that stone and throw it but it's saying Lord I just want to take those cares that I have that are burdening my life and I want to cast them thrust them place them upon you Lord like those garments were placed upon the colt so that Jesus could sit upon the colt and it's upon Jesus not upon a cult but it's this cast in that other second reference the other analogy is with depositing and I heard about a, a person and um, he he'd sold a car and it was a Friday night and the car had been sold and it was a cash sale and he had this cash from the car and the bank there were no ATMs at that stage and he had this cash and he said, as he was preaching, I was stressed because I was strained because what do I do with this amount of cash? I don't normally have it on hand. And do I put some in my coat? Do I put some in my pocket? Do I, the wife carry some? Do I hide it in that room or this room? Do I bury it in the garden? What do I do with this cash for the next two days? And he said it created a strain, a stress, as I was anxious about this care of what do I do with this lump of money. And then he said when the bank opened on Monday, he said there was a huge relief. He said it was deposited. It was placed there. And that's that same thought of the casting as well as the depositing. It's depositing. Because... These things can generate those anxieties, but we've got to say, Lord, I've got to give it over to you. I've got to place it on you. Lord, you're the burden bearer. You're the one who's going to carry it and watch over me. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. It's casting it upon the Lord. It's giving it to him. It's a matter of relaxing your grip and letting go. As a parent, as a grand, I, I know that I, over years I've carried, I remember way back there was a burden, a care that I was carrying and it was robbing my joy. I'd stand, I'd smile, I'd talk, I'd greet, I'd minister, I'd sing but yet in my heart there was a void because there was an emptiness because I hadn't fully cast that care on the Lord. And it's not just casting half the garment, the garment on the colt, it was all the garment that we've got to say, Lord, I want to cast it on you, Lord. I want to leave it with you and give it to you. I want to lay it there, Lord, with you. But the question of pride comes up. Um, am I self-sufficient? I'm a man. 
I can handle it. I don't want to show my weakness. I don't want to. And sadly, these elements of pride can fill our minds and rob us of doing what God would have us to do in many cases, and that is cast it upon the Lord. This um, idea of hurling, casting, it's a participle, and it can't be disengaged from verse 6, and verse 6 talks about humility. And if we could just please return to 1 Peter chapter 5, and look at this thought of the attitude of humility. I was thinking afterwards, it's not more just an attitude of humility. <laughs> it, it is humility. Um, and I thought in the outline, do I have action of humility? But it's more than an attitude. Yes, it's being humble in your heart attitude so that you will be willing to cast it upon the Lord and not be too proud to depend upon God's mighty hand. Because so often we think that I can sort it out. I can sort it out. It's no problem. I've got it in hand. Sure, those needs are there, but I, I can handle it. There's a sense of casting it on the Lord. And I suppose it's for each one's life to be close in tune with the Lord. And if you're distant from the Lord, get back close to the Lord and have that relationship with God and cast those cares upon the Lord. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, reading verses 5 through 7, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the older. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So verse 6 is saying, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. It's saying, humble yourselves. The actual Greek word, it's in the, in the passive, so it's not humble someone else. You're not committing this act upon another object, that there be an object of the verb. It's not active, it's passive. It's humble yourselves. It's saying, be humbled. One Greek scholar wrote it that it's suffer yourselves to be humbled. So it's humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And that's something that we need to anyway, full stop. Be humble under the mighty hand of God. And acknowledge that it's God's mighty hand that I need to depend upon at the moment. It's not upon my strength. It's upon the Lord I need to depend. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God casting all your care upon him so it's a participle so without verse 6 you can't have verse 7 acting the action of verse 7 is dependent on verse 6 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God casting all your care upon him so it's that action that process that comes during that humbling process the question is, 
are you too proud to cast it upon the Lord? In a, in, in a sense, we can sometimes feel with self-pity or sorrow, and then that, that becomes a self-focus, because really that self-pity can come a self-focus, because we're and sure, there might be grounds upon which we need to s commit those cares under the Lord. But if we try and carry them ourselves and say, no, I'll be right, mate, and yet the needs are becoming so great it's even leading to that despair and despairing even of life, you need to say, Lord, this is all too big for me. It's a mountain. I've got to cast it on the Lord and that's where this thought is I I need to let let God have I need to be willing to sink low so that God can have his way and I've got to surrender that control that I'm not the master of my own situation I need to depend upon the Lord let God deal with it and we say, oh, but it's my mum, it's my dad, it's my life, it's my job, it's my health, it's my income. And those circumstances may still be there as a huge pressure, but at least you've given it over to the Lord and the Lord's going to be giving you the wisdom to be able to see through how you're going to deal with each of those situations. It's giving it all over to the Lord, that act of humility. Just finally now, we want to look at the assurance of the Saviour's care. In 1 Peter chapter 5, 7, I shared at the table thought that there are two cares in this verse, casting all your care, which is the anxious care, for he careth for you. And that is the word that means it's very direct, it's thought, it's care, it's of interest to and there is an object of that care and in this case it's you and the Lord Jesus is not the hireling that we read about in John 10 13 and when the wolf comes they're hireling because they're not his sheep and he's just concerned with his own life he flees but Jesus is saying I stay and I give my life for the sheep so devoted is his care for the sheep the care for the sheep is great and Jesus does care Jesus was confronted with the question don't you care for me Lord and just as we close I'd like to look at that portion Mark chapter 4 verses 38 to 41 and this is a thought where Jesus is being challenged. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? And this is the word that means don't you care? Don't you have us as your object of care? Don't you, aren't you concerned about what we're going through? They were going to the other side. The context is Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. And they're going across the Sea of Galilee. A storm whips up. It's a great storm of wind, we read in verse 37. And the waves beat upon the ship 
there on the Sea of Galilee. And in verse 38 we read, And he, that is Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Master, don't you care? Master, don't you have a concern for us? And they're pointing to Jesus, saying, don't you care? Don't you care? And he, that is Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You might say in your cares, look, it's beyond us. But God is able. And, and, and Jesus answered the disciples when they said, Jesus, don't you care? He said, how, how are you so fearful? How are you lacking in faith? And to not trust and to not cast is, is like a lack of trust and unbelief. It's stepping back saying, look, I'm going to... Jesus gave all for us. He shed his precious blood on Calvary's tree. You read Romans 8. And he that spared not his own son but delivered up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Of course he cares and he rebuked the disciples. And he, he, with the mighty hand of God, he stilled the storm. And, and you pray at times when there is a care, a major care, and God works a miracle. And we need to say, God, I just want to hand it over to you because it's in your mighty hand. We won't have time to go to Philippians 4, but... In there, it, it, it's a similar word, not exactly the same word as this care, but it's the same thought. And it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's, it's that don't be anxious, don't be careful, don't. Don't allow those cares to stress you and strain you to a point that it affects your relationship with God. Deepen that relationship with God. Cast those cares upon the Lord and see him work. The devotion this morning was about they will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Isaiah 26.3 <laughs> It's that, that thought of peace and, and giving it to the Lord and allowing his peace. It's fearing not, he is our great reward. If you're here today and you're without Christ, I just pray that you'll think God is real. Christ died upon that cross of Calvary. He died to save us from our sins. He loved this world and he came that the world would have life. And for each one to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that's his desire. But as Christians, we say, Lord, I just want to cast all things upon you. I talked about phone calls at the beginning, but 
and I've just been reflecting that February next month, but five years ago, February, I got the phone call from my mum. My mum was about 90 at that stage. My older brother, two years my senior, um, at home, a single man, caring for my mum. But Ray had set up the breakfast things, um, all was organised. Mum woke up and all her breakfast things were there, which was Ray's routine. And he'd gone to do a few jobs in, at his place next door and, and to get the paper, and to do a few chores, but he hadn't come back. Mum said, I can't find Ray. And because of immobility, she wasn't able to go outside. I can't find Ray. And that day, Margaret and I talked and prayed and I went down to see where Ray was, but I found Ray deceased on the property next door. And then it was ambulance and police. And you, you realise how life can change and how cares can increase when... But the only way to handle the cares that generate and that might be broad and multifaceted... It's saying, Lord, I want to cast it, I want to place it, I want to put it on you, Lord, for you're the God who's got to work all this through. Um, so the message today, brethren, is take those anxieties, take those cares, um, give them to the Lord, um, for he will sustain you. Let's pray, shall we? Loving Father, just pray that if there's anyone here outside of Christ, that that one would come to Christ for salvation even today. We've not elaborated fully the gospel message, but I trust that that one has heard that Christ loved us and gave himself to save us from our sins. And I pray that that one may come to Christ for salvation. Father, for believers, just pray that we'll bring all our cares and anxieties to the Lord. Father, may we not carry them ourselves and allow it to burden and distress and fog all of our thinking, but, Father, we will just bring them to thee. And, Father, see you do that mighty work under thy mighty hand. Father, may we trust you. May we bring you into the picture, Lord, for you are the God of heaven in whom we trust even this day. Father, thou art God, undertake in each one's life this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.